October 20th, 2023. And let's begin again at the Mishnah, right in the middle of the Amud. The Mishnah says, It's forbidden to sharpen a knife, a butcher's knife, on Yom Tov. But what you're allowed to do is do it in a different fashion, in the irregular way. Whereas the Gemara will describe normal way of sharpening a knife is using a stone of some sort in order to sharpen the edges. Um, if you were to do it alternatively, al to take one knife and sharpen it with another, that's permitted. What is the issue that underlies this, uh, this isur in the Mishnah that you're not allowed to sharpen a knife? What's the problem with sharpening a knife on Yom Tov? Rashi explains based on our deduction, if you do it one knife to the other, you're changing from the weekday activity, which means that the regular way of sharpening it is a weekday activity. It's an Isud Rabbanan called Ovadin Dehol. You're not allowed to be involved in what the rabbis characterized or objectified as Ovadin Dehol weekday activities. That would be sharpening the knife over here. Says the Gemara, let's qualify, let's explain under what circumstances is there this Isur Ovadin Dehol weekday activity and sharpening the knife. We got one distinction in our Mishnah. It depends whether it's being done with a stone, it seems, or another knife, which would be permitted. Amarav Huna, Lo Shanu. Yeah, these sorts of issues will arise in the Gemara on Daf Kafhet Amud Bet. Rashi will briefly address something almost entirely as you're addressing it. So it's an interesting question as well. So are we talking about any person or specifically about a butcher? I don't know what we're talking about. It's not made clear in the Mishnah. The Mishnah appears as if it's talking about anyone. We'll have a halakha again on Amud Bet, where we might be addressing specifically a butcher. Over here, it doesn't sound like it's a butcher per se. Absolutely. That halakha, as a matter of fact, will appear in our Gemara. So give it, give it a little bit of time. Says the Gemara, Marafuna, Lo Shanu, Ela Bemashhezet Shel Even, Aval Bemashhezet Shel Aetz. Mutar, Rav Huna, initially characterizes our Mishnah, he qualifies it. He says, the Mishnah which was being osir, which was forbidding um, the sharpening of a knife, it's specifically when it's a sharpening device, which is a stone, it's an evin. If alternatively the sharpening device um, mechanism is made out of wood, that would be permitted. Again, the understanding being that's not as strong a sharpening device, and in turn, it's not going to be considered Ovadin de Hol Rashi. Mashhezet shel even de metakenet le shapir de mehaze ke metaken behol. And so Rashi adds in an extra word over here, interestingly. He says that when you do it with a stone, it appears it's mehaze the way you would fix this during the weekday, which means to say that when you do it with wood alternatively, it's less strong and in turn, it's not considered a weekday activity. You wouldn't be doing it that way on a regular basis. The statement in turn, which we're going to have a 
four-pronged suggestion with regards to what context, within which context, this statement of Shemuel was said. Uh, but let's read the initial suggestion. Uh, Shemuel jumps on this statement of Rav Huna and says, you should know, Rav Huna said that only by stones is it forbidden. If it was alternatively using a wooden instrument to sharpen it, it would be permitted. Even by the stone, it's only if your expressed purpose is lehadeda is to bring forth a sharp edge on the knife. If alternatively you're using the stone, it might be sharpening it, but the expressed purpose and what's actually taking place is you're getting the fat which became crusted onto the side of the knife off, mutar, that would be permitted. Miklau, we can deduce from this interpretation of Shemuel, it would appear by extension that if Shemuel is saying it goes like this, by stone it's sometimes permitted. When's it sometimes permitted? If you're doing it, if you're doing it to remove the fat from the edge of the knife, that's permitted. It means, uh, it means that when I come to the wooden instrument, even if it's lehadedai, even if it's entirely to sharpen the knife, it's not a weekday activity, and it would be entirely permitted. With, you have to imagine so. In other words, it, you have to imagine so. It's just that the express purpose is to take off the fat. What's that? Correct. We're going to now call. I hear AB says, listen, we already established this. Hang tight. They're going to have several versions with regards to this statement of Shemuel. There'll be novelty upon novelty in terms of stringencies. Right? It says the Gemara, Ika dematnela asefa. There are some, and AB would probably prefer this, he thinks it's more of a hidush, who have the statement of Shemuel, which we just read, who qualifies and says, well, if it's to remove the fat, it's permitted. If it's to sharpen, it's forbidden. On the sefa, on the latter statement, the latter part of the statement of Rav Huna. What's that latter part? Well, he distinguished. He said, stone forbidden, wood permitted. Now, on the wood permitted, it's on that, says Shemuel, like this. B'shel Eitz Mutar. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, Had Amar, B'shel Eitz Mutar, Lo Amar Anelel Ha'avir Shamnunita. Aval Hadeda Asur, Miklal B'shel Even, Afil Ha'avir Shamnunita Asur. According to this alternative version, it means that his statement, Shemuel's, was on the part of Eitz. On the wooden sharpening device, it's only permitted, whereas initially we thought it's always permitted. Now it's only permitted if it's lahavir shamnunita, if it's to get the fats off, which means to say a wooden instrument, if you're doing it lahadeda, in order to sharpen weekday activity. But I don't usually sharpen like that weekday and on weekdays. Enough to be considered weekday activity. It means by extension or in contrast, if I'm using the stone device, even if it's lahavir shamnunita, even if your purpose is to remove the fat. It would be prohibited. You might question, what's the problem? I'm just taking off the fat. I think the answer is, as Jeffrey, I think ultimately speaking, it will get sharpened as well. For that reason, it would be asur. Yes, that's the Mishnah, explicitly so. Uh, according to this version of Shemuel, indeed. Says the Gemara, ikad matnela amatnitin. Alternatively, uh, there is a third and, now, and then a fourth. Um, context within which we're suggesting the statement of Shemuel was, was put forth. Again, Shemuel distinguished between whether you're doing it to take off the fat or 
did he say it on Rav Huna's statement, the first part, the stone, the second statement, the wood, or alternatively, Amatnitin, on our Mishnah. Mishnah never mentioned any wood. The Mishnah mentions stone versus one knife to another knife, right? Not even stone. The Mishnah mentioned the regular sharpening device versus one knife to another knife. Here's the way, uh, third version. Ika means yesh, there, there is. Dematne, matnitin means the teaching. Dematne, who teach, la, who teach this statement of Shemuel, as we just mentioned it, amatnitin, on our Mishnah. This is all a question of Torah Peh. We have an oral tradition. We know he said these words. We don't know within which context he said these words. So here's the next suggestion. Says the Mishnah, and we read it just a few moments ago, quote, in mashchizin et hasakin biyom tov, period. That's the Mishnah says. You may not, in a regular fashion, sharpen your knife on Yom Tov. According to this version, it's similar to last version's first way, indeed. says, says uh, what's different? Who said that we're distinguishing between wood and stone? Wood, according to this, might just be just like stone. It was only the distinction wood and stone from Rav Huna, which we're now... Skipping over. Right, so now we're going on the Mishnah, where the Mishnah distinguished between using any sharpening device, it appears, versus using one knife to the other knife. And we're saying when you use any sharpening device, a real sharpening device, well, that's permitted if it's lehavir shamnunita. Miklal, we can deduce from this stuff, da'algabe havirta, if you're doing a one knife to the other, afilu lehadedana memutar, entirely sharpening would be permitted. Ve'ika, and last version, ve'ish, dematne hutich, la, this statement of Shemuel, asefa, on the latter part of our Mishnah. What was the latter part of our Mishnah? Al-gabe havirta, the knife to a knife. This is going to be Probably the most stringent opinion. Quote, Aval al gabe haverta. Those were the final words in our Mishnah. Amar of Shemuel. According to this version, the context of Shemuel's statement was on the last words in the Mishnah. Lo shanu. We only taught and learned. shamnunita. The only time one knife to another knife is permitted is if it's to remove the fats. Aval asur. But if you're doing it with the purpose of sharpening, even that would be asur. That's the hardest statement to wrap your head around. Uh, many of the aharonim, I, I, I noticed, have difficulty with this. Keli agabe keli, knife on knife, furthest from weekday activity you could think of, and still asur lehadada. Why should that be? Unless. Okay, you can stretch it that any sharpening, says Jared, is just weekday. Alternatively, they then start looking in the direction the Aharonim do of Tikkun Keli. Maybe this interpretation has an altogether different understanding of what was going on. And according to this interpretation, any sharpening of a knife is not per se an issue of weekday activity, as Rashi had been telling us throughout. According to this last version, maybe it's Tikkun Keli. Maybe even though I'm just sharpening it, that's considered enough to be considered uh, almost a biblical violation. Uh, that's, that's a hidush. <coughs> well, it's defining the Mishnah, saying the Mishnah never permitted on the knife other than to remove the fat. Nothing more than that. That's this version. Right? If you're taking knife to knife, you may not sharpen a knife and roll the matter, but one may scrape it against another knife. 
Only right. Only now, parentheses, if you're taking the fat off. That's, that's the suggestion. That would, uh, we would deduce from that that in the resha of the Mishnah, when you're doing it on a sharpener, it would be asur under all circumstances. Yes? If, if he needs to sharpen it then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're supposed to, to prepare beforehand. Yeah, but, but it's, you don't have a choice then. You have a choice then. All right, says the Gemara now, Who would be the opinion from the time of the Mishnah? And the Gemara will ask this sort of question from time to time. We're trying to pinpoint whose opinion is recorded in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that you're not allowed to use a sharpener in order to bring forth a sharpness on your knife. Who's the Tana who would teach so? Oh, that's interesting. I thought it's everyone. Our Mishnah just mentioned, you're not allowed to be mashhiz. The Mishnah said, quite simply, in mashhizin. The Gemara now is stepping back a little bit and saying, well, let's look at the whole landscape over here. Not everyone would agree to that statement. Why not? Who would be permitting? Says the Gemara, Amar of hastad delo kirbihuda. This would not accord with the opinion of Rabihuda. Which Rabihuda? Titnan. After all, we have a Mishnah on Daflamidvav, which teaches the following. En ben Yom Tov le Shabbat Ela. The only difference fundamentally between Shabbat and Yom Tov, and this we know a hundred times throughout our Masechet, What's the difference in terms of permitted and forbidden activities on Shabbat and Yom Tov? Production of food. That's it. That's what the Torah says. It's the same thing otherwise. Rabbi Yehuda Matir, Rabbi Yehuda permitted a bit more, af machshire ochil nefesh. Rabbi Yehuda permitted even that which is bringing forth the production of food. Now give me a definition of the step removed. Could you find a better example than sharpening a knife? Uh, we talked about then uh, skewers, preparing the skewer. We're talking about something that's even removed to the actual production of the food. It's the preliminary stages to preparing the tools that I'll use for the production of the food. Rabbi Yudah says permitted, the hachamim say forbidden. Maybe says, say it again. No, but he says you're permitted. He said according to the Torah, you're permitted to do any machshire o chenefesh. this is not machshire o chenefesh. Machshire o chenefesh he's talking about is Then that's not machshire ochel nefesh. Then that's ochel nefesh mamash. That's right. That's right. Machshire ochel nefesh means I'm touching the food in its preparation, so to speak. This is I'm not touching the food. I'm touching the knife, which will touch the food. That's the way to say it. You can't touch the food unless you touch the knife. That's right. You needed to prepare your knife before Yom Tov, so and then on Yom Tov, use your knife. According to the Yehuda, you're allowed to touch your knife and fix it. No, that's Rav Yehuda. This is Rabbi Yehuda from the time of the Mishnah. Rav Yehuda is an Emora. So that being the case, Rabbi Yehuda is a, a strong statement. And in turn, the Gemara's assumption is 
Rabbi Yehuda would not agree with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah yeah. said, and Mashchizin, you're not allowed to sharpen, says the Gemara, that would not accord with Rabbi Yehuda. What's the Mahloket really all about? We'll see it on Dafkaf Cheta Mudbet. It's a question then how to understand the Pesukim in the Torah. Again, the Torah says, Acha nefesh, hu levado lachem. Rabbi Yudav pays attention to that last word, lachem. He underlines the word lachem. Maybe he highlights that word lachem. He says, lachem means for you, anything that's necessary for you. You need this for your food, it's permitted. Anything, lachem, the koltzor kechem are the words of Rabbi Yudav. Hachamim, in contrast, say, wait a second. The Pasuk says, anything that's going to be eaten, who? That is what you can do. That is the food, not something else. And the Gemara will debate how each one of them responds, but that's fundamentally the Mahloket. So that being the case, back in our Gemara, now several lines from the bottom, five lines from the bottom, says the Gemara, Who is the opinion? in the Mishnah, who would teach and maintain that mashhezet, the sharpening, would be asur. Amar av hastad delok rabi yudah, ditnan en ben yom tov l'shabbat ele ochel nefesh bilvad rabi yudah, matira machshire ochel nefesh. Now the Gemara, for several lines, will deliberate and decide what's the halakha. Do we follow rabi yudah? Do we follow hachamim? And I'll tell one or two stories to get across a complicated pesach halakha in this matter. Amar le rava le rav hastad, Rava turned to Rav Hasta and asked the following, Darshinan mishimcha halacha ker bihuda? He says, do they, should they, say in your name, who's they? The students, the Talmidim, the Hachamim, should they say in your name, Rabbi Rav Hasta, that the halacha is like Rav Yehuda? Yehuda is a permitting opinion. He's the more lenient opinion. Rav turns to Rav Hasta and says, is that right? Can we say that in your name? Should we be saying that in your name? Answers Rav Hasta Amarle, Yehera Ava. It should be the will of heaven. Dekol kihane mile ma'alyata. That any of these, and means these, mile means things or words, ma'alyata means high level. All those high level, beautiful words of that sort. Tidreshun mishamai. You should be doresh, you should teach publicly in my name. So in other words, Rav Hasta says, absolutely. You turn to me and say, Rabbi, what's your opinion on this issue? Is it permitted or forbidden? It's permitted, right, Rabbi? I say, it should only be the will of heaven that you should say that in my name. Of course. Amar of Nehemiah bered Rav Yosef, kaimna kameh de Rava. Interestingly, Rava, who asked Rav Hasta, can we say that in your name? Should we say that in your name? And Rav Hasta said, absolutely. We'll have a story now about Rava. It doesn't, does, well, not the opposite, but it doesn't appear that he's as effusive, as he's as uh, excited about it. And whereas Rav Hasta said, of course, go out. It should be the will of heaven that everything like that. Uh, let's see what happened with Rava. Okay, right, he asked him like that. Okay, that's Rav Hasta. Rav Hasta maybe did follow him. It's Rav Hasta. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't know. It's got to be in direct context of food. It's a step removed. I don't know how many have. I, I agree. Uh, that's right. That's right. But it's bringing you to the... Oh, Shema Yisrael. Dachile. Amar Av Nehemiah Bered Rav Yosef. And, and we'll qualify it even according to the Buda in just a minute. Um, so Rav Nehemiah, the son of Rav Yosef, said, Hava Kaimna. 
Ka'im means to stand. Ka'imna means I was standing. Kameh de Rava. I was standing in front of Rava. I was present at the time that Rava, Vahava, Kame'aber le Sakina, Puma de Dikula. I was present, standing there, as I saw Rava taking the knife and sharpening it on the side of the basket, or on the mouth of the basket, literally. Ve'amrele, and we said to him, shamnunita. said, Rava, our master, is the reason you're doing that to the knife in order to remove the fats or in order to sharpen it? And he responded to me, He said, it's only in order to remove the fats. He took a stringent approach on this matter. However, says Rava, remember, excuse me, says, says Rav Nehemia, remembering what actually happened with Rava, Haziti, I saw, in his mind, his real purpose was to sharpen it. I noticed there wasn't actually much uh, fat on that knife. I knew he was just, uh, you know, a white lie in order to uh, keep the matter stringent. What? The kasavar, the reason Rava wouldn't admit it to us is because his opinion was not to lie, but his, his certainty was halakha ve'en morimkin. This might be the halakha, but you can't publicly teach it. Why can't you publicly teach it? If it's permitted, publicly teach it. Be morim. Rashi explains the reason why not. Rashi explains that the Gemara in its continued words with regards to Rabbi Uda qualifies, it a little bit narrows the opinion of Rabbi Uda and Alan. Um, how so? The Gemara says that according to Rabbi Uda, it's only permit, permitted to deal with the preliminary stages, the step removed stages, if you couldn't have done it before Yom Tov either because physically it was impossible or because you were really stressed and didn't have that time in an objective situation. Can't figure out if you just forgot or were lazy. It's not permitted. If it became Dolan Yom Tov, permitted. So that being the case, explains Rashi, that's why Rava felt inappropriate for even to my close student, Rav Nechamiyat, to tell him this, because he'll take it, he'll spread the word, people will manipulate this law, and will lose any we semblance before you, uh, Shema Yisrael, cars, right? Anyway, so that's, that, that being the case, that's why Halakha ve'en morin kin. That's what Rashi writes here on the left-hand side, says Rashi, Mahu, excuse me, Ma'avir me'aber lesakina apumad dikula, meshafshef sakina piasal, right, that's what we said, that's what Rava was doing, he was, he was uh, moving or, or touching the knife to the side of a basket, halakha kerbihuda, umutar kol ish la'asot, halakha means that's really permitted, haval en morin l'rabim ken, but we don't tell the masses so, shelo yezalzilu, so that they're not uh, careless, uh, even in circumstances where they could have prepared it during the day prior to Yom Tov. Because all that cases which are permitted according to the Biudah, or for example, the item got dulled or got ruined on Yom Tov, or yesterday, the day leading up to Yom Tov, you just weren't able to do it. The Gemara will say that in the ensuing lines, What's that? It's it's a it's it's a gezerah. You see, gezerah though is when I actually build a, a fence. 
Over here, I didn't build a fence, I just didn't breach a fence. I just left it as it was. You don't know the halakha? Okay, um, I'm not going to tell you the halakha, but I'm not gonna tell you per se, but Rabim, it's Asur, you catch me doing it, I'm gonna give you a white lie to get out of why I'm doing it. The Gemara has a similar story again. The Amar Abaye, that first story was Rav Nehemiah watching Abaye, now Abaye have a ka'imna kameh demor. I too was present, I was standing in front of my master, that was Rabbah. Rabbah was the rabbi of Abaye. He says, I was standing next to Rabbah on Yom Tob. Instead of on the mouth of a, of a basket, uh, Abaye was on a millstone, on the edge of a millstone, he was sharpening a knife. And says, uh, excuse me, says Abaye to Rabbah, I asked him, I was interested and interested. I saw Rabbah doing so. I asked him, what's the reason that you're doing so? Is it in order to sharpen the knife and that's permitted? Or is it only to remove the fat from it? And he answered me, and uh, we'll quickly realize again, didn't seem like he was telling the absolute truth. He said he was just to remove the fat. <clears throat> but I saw that his mind, his intention was actually it was to sharpen the knife, says Abaye in remembering what Rabbah did. Kasavar, and it must be that Rabbah, much like Ravah earlier, halakha ve'en morin ken, period. Okay, that's the end of this conversation. What's that? Um, I, I, made, I made up something. I said there was no grease on the knife. That's what I said. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, come on. Is it? I mean, only because you're not a knife sharpener. If you're in the trade, if, you, if, you, if you've done it once or twice, you'll probably be able to pick up on it. Okay, says the, I mean, what do you mean? We catch people when they tell us white lies all the time. We don't. I hope somebody doesn't look at me and know what I'm thinking or think they know what I'm thinking. I think you're overreading the, I think you're overreading the thinking. It's the thought process based on actions, as I understand it. Well, we're dealing with an Isud Rabbanan, and it's Lesorech Simchat Yom Tob, and the Amira Lenochri is the Rabbanan. It's probably going to be permitted, even the Hadida, if you're going to ask an Andrew to do so. Iba'ayalehu says the Gemara, there was a question that was raised. Mahu leharot sakin lahacham biyom tob. Is it permitted to show the knife prior to slaughtering to a hacham, to a person who knows the laws? Rashi, several lines from the eight lines, seven lines from the top. Mahu leharot, hatabah, the butcher, sakin, the knife, lahacham biyom tob livdok, in order to check the knife. What, what, what type of question is this? Hang tight. She, over here it's the butcher. Shehitilu hachamim, because there's an enactment from the hachamim, kola tabahim, all butchers, leharot sakin lahacham kodem shishhot. Shum behema. Any time prior to slaughtering, the knife needs to be checked. Umaulasot can be yom tov. Are you allowed to do so on yom tov? Why not? Mi mechazeh ke'ovada dehol. Says Rashi, perhaps the issue that's being addressed is it's a weekday activity. De'avasha milta. Because it becomes a public spectacle. Sheda'atolim kor be'itliz. Because it seems as a result that you're doing this, you're calling in the hacham, he's coming and checking it. Looks like you're putting on a commercial production over here. You're going to go sell it in the marketplace. Or it doesn't seem so. 
Interesting question, Nathan says. If you're not a tabak and you're doing it for yourself, uh, we'll have to address that. Uh, uh, certainly, it's not going to, he suggests, but not, not necessarily, uh, because ultimately speaking, it's about what onlookers perceive. Now, you're saying if you're not a butcher who sells things, that's, what, that's your question. It would appear it wouldn't be, according to Rashi. What's that? There you, there you need more questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So Charles says that maybe the issue is a different issue. If you recall, we talked about Bechor, just one daf and a half or so ago. I know we put it out of our mind, the whole Bechor sugya. But Bechor over there, there was an issue with showing the Bechor to a mumche. What was the issue over there? One of two we saw in Rashi. Either it's Nirake Metaken, it seems like you're fixing through the Pesak Din of the of uh, the of the of the Hakam, or alternatively, it's like Dan Din Biyom Tov. Ba'al Hama'or, that's Rabbeinu Zerachiyah Levi, and his commentary to this Gemara and Reef in the back, suggests that's the issue over here. It's an issue of one of those two. It's just like showing it to a mumchet. Same way over there was a Pesach, and if you didn't have it, it's not going to be kosher. So too over here, and as a result, same type of issue. What's that? For, to make certain that it, to make certain that it doesn't ha- that it doesn't that it's straight uh, and and it's a kosher a knife. Uh, why not? All right, ba'al hama'or. Or it's kibnirak metaken. Are you okay with nirak metaken? Harambam has their four interpretations to this Gemara. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. That's what that's what ba'al hama'or is arguing. He's arguing at the very least strong enough to compare it to that. It's got to be so. It's not like uh, Terefa afterwards. Uh, third interpretation to this Gemara, to what the issue might be, is Harambam. Harambam's suggestion is that the problem is that you're going to show it to a Hakam, he's going to say it's not okay, and then you're going to fix it. So that's the problem. It's a Gezira that you might come to fix it. Rosh alternatively suggests that the issue over here is you're going to go, you don't have a hacham nearby. You're going to go to the adjacent city, go outside of the tehum. Any of those four reasons, Ovadin the whole of Rashi, the Nirakimitakin Din of Rabbeinu Zerachiyah Levi and Charles, the Gezera that you might be mashhiz of Harambam, the going outside of the tehum of Rosh, any of those is what underlies this question. And what's the question in turn? The question they had in the Midrash was, Rav Meri Share, Asre. The Gemara says there's a machloke between the Emoraim. Rav Meri permitted, Hachamim forbade. For Rav Yosef Amar, Talmid Hacham Ro'ela Rav Yosef says, I have a solution. It's not going to work for everyone. But if you're a Talmid Hacham on your own, so you don't need to show it to others, check it, and then lend it out. Someone doesn't have it, you can check it. Why can you check it? Because any of those reasons we just suggested will not be relevant. It won't be public, you're not calling the hachamin, you are the hacham. You're not going chutzlatehum, you're going to yourself. You're not going to make that mistake of harambam because you're a hacham. And what else? And it's not nirakimitaken or kidandin because you're not turning to someone to, deter- to determine, so you're doing it on your own. Ve'amar of Yosef, and furthermore, of Yosef explained, sakin she'ameda. What if you have a knife, she'ameda? What does it mean, she'ameda, Rashi? 
את מחריפות שלה, it's no longer sharp, שאינה חותכת יפה, אבל לא נפגמה, it's dull, but it doesn't have what's called a pegam. In other words, what we were addressing just a moment ago was maybe the knife is not kosher. What do you mean it's not kosher? If it has ridges in it, you won't be able to do a kosher shechita. Kosher shechita, you need a slice, the two, kane and veshet, the two pipes, wind and food, esophagus and trachea of the animal, in one slice. You can't get stuck in there and you can't rip it and you can't, it needs to be a slice. If it has a pegam in it, If it has a ridge or some sort of crevice, it's not kosher, you're going to get stuck, it's not kosher. Here we're not addressing that. What we are addressing is, and we'll, we'll discuss why later, why it's not that. That's a bigger issue. Now you need to really fix this. Over here, it's just not sharp enough. It's, uh, you'd like it to be sharper, it's dull, and in turn, what's the halakha? Sakin she'ameda mutar lehadeda biyom tob. It's permitted to sharpen it on yom tob. Rashi, mutar lehadeda biyom tob, ve'av al-gav, and even though de me'etmol u'mishilshom hit'chila lekalkel. Oh, Rashi now is bothered by, and this is what I mentioned earlier, Jeffrey, we're going to have to address something similar in the Gemara. Shouldn't you have known from yesterday that this knife is becoming dull? It starts to dull. Now, this Pesach Halacha in our Gemara has to be only according to the Bihudah. According to Chachamim, you're not allowed to be sharpening a knife. That's what we learned in our Mishnah. That's what we explained. It's got to be according to the Biudah. But even according to the Biudah, even though we haven't seen his words, we mentioned his words, if you were able to do it from yesterday, you're not allowed to be doing it today. I mean, by definition, a knife which becomes dull, it doesn't happen in a second. So how did you not notice this yesterday? And if you did, and you should have, then it's not permitted to do now, even according to the Be'udah. Even though yesterday, and two days ago, and before, and it started to become dull, and to go from its sharpness. The person is not expected, says Rashi, to realize and to understand that it's actually becoming dulled. This safar, because he can rightfully think, la sarikhna, I don't need to fix it now. In other words, Rashi's suggestion is that when it becomes dulled, in contrast, he says, to when it has a ridge, it's not something per se that you need to have your head wrapped around. You say it's getting dull, but it's still sharp enough. If on Yom Tov it actually becomes dull to the extent that you're not comfortable using it, That's not something that, you know, you're responsible for having fixed preemptively yesterday. That's in, that's in contrast, says Rashi, if it was ridged from yesterday, if it has a nick in it from yesterday, that wouldn't be permitted. Because you see the problem in it. And as a result, you should have fixed it yesterday, even according, and specifically according to the Bihuda. So we conclude with that halakha for today, that if there is a sakin, which becomes dulled on Yom Tov, only according to the Bihuda, and only when it's dulled, and no nicks, no ridges, otherwise you should have done it from yesterday. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, just.